I think we just discussed this. Did you see the WWE 24 Hardys? The, the yes, I did. Yes. Dude, how good is that? Man, it's really good. I really like the fact that they didn't like stray away from anything. They didn't sugarcoat no, it at all. Not at all, dude. They came yeah. with it. Yeah, there's that one scene where like they're walking in that field and they don't yep. realize that their mics are still on or something. Yep. And they're talking about that stuff and that and I was like, "Wow." Yeah. Like that's that's pretty hardcore. I, and I like that too. You don't you don't need to sugarcoat that stuff if it happened, it happened. Yeah, I'd never seen any of the WWE 24s until that one. I saw it. I was like, "Oh, I want to see this one because I like the Hardys." And so yeah. I watched it and it was like, "This is really I like the production, the way it's done." You know yeah. what I mean? Um, yeah, it's done really well. It was awesome though, like getting those those old school videos of them as kids. You know, in the backyard on the trampolines and stuff, yeah. And, and their their early days as wrestlers with with them painting their face, uh, Jeff painting his face up looking like Sting. Uh, yeah, dude, it's really cool. I really enjoyed it a lot. But like you said, I think that was the part I liked the most was that it was, um, they like you said they didn't sugarcoat it. It, it right. They, they were going to show you warts and all. Yeah, it was very honest. I all the like. way up to like the most recent, like when they they had yeah. that comeback at WrestleMania, then Jeff got hurt again. And then had that the issues with the uh, DUI, yeah. And they didn't they weren't playing with that. It was uh, it was good, dude. I liked it a lot. Yeah. I very much enjoyed it quite a bit. Uh, all those twenty fours are are pretty good, but that one I thought was head and shoulders. Yeah, like just I beca- yeah, just because of the that they didn't shy away from anything. Yeah, like I said, uh, that was the first one I'd seen, and I loved it so much. I was like, oh, let me see what else they have. And then I saw the WWE uh, when it was the remember when Raw had the twenty fifth anniversary. Yes, and they had the huge event where they they filmed they they uh, broadcast live from two arenas, two different places. The original Manhattan Center where Raw uh, debuted, then at yes. the uh, Barclays, and so it was like the I, I'm sure you've already seen it too, where it was the the buildup of that. Right. Yeah, I watched that one too. But doing that yeah. was was what made me look look up uh, some stuff on Raw, just because I remember how much I loved it. I'm currently going <laughs> through all the crazy Raws uh, of 1996 yeah. right now. Yeah, actually, yeah, so I'm at 20, SummerSlam yeah. of '96. That's pretty good. Yeah, uh, the 25th anniversary of Raw was very recently. Yeah. And uh, side note here, and this is very much a humble brag. Uh, the uh, <laughs> uh, If you look, I think it's on that documentary you just talked about. Yeah. They show a cake, a cake, like it's a 25th anniversary cake. Yeah. It was made for them. It looks really cool. Uh, I know the person who made that. Stop. Come on, dude. Yeah, she does all kinds of things like that. Uh, Marge, that's her name, M-A-R-J. And she works at some bakery. I forgot where it's at. I need I need to find out so I can plug her for the show. Uh, but uh, she does, uh, like, she loves wrestling. That's how I, I know her through a wrestling group. Uh, she loves wrestling and, uh, and like, stuff like Pokemon and all that other kind of stuff, too. So a lot of the cakes and stuff she makes are kind of themed after that. And uh, she even does these little, I have to send you a picture. These, uh, they're like gingerbread cookies, but they're wrestlers. Dude, so what did she she uh, she made it for? They they contacted her to make them, and you were just like, "Hey, I know her." Yeah. Or did you end up knowing her after the fact? No, I knew her before that because of that group. I've known her for yeah. a little while now. I mean, I'm not when I say I know her, I'm not saying we're like best pals and talk every day. I know her, <laughs> and she knows me, and uh, and and we've like small chatted with each other, right, right, to make it right. But I do know her, and uh, she's always been really cool. And I didn't exactly know like how big she was when it comes to this kind of stuff, but she posted that picture of that. So I saw that cake like before they actually before the show because she posted on this secret group I can't talk about, and uh, <laughs> it's like a Fight Club group. Yeah, sort first, of. I only, first rule I only is got, you can't talk about it. 
<laughs> the only reason I was added to it is because they like my stupid joke jokes every once in a while. <laughs> but uh, she uh, she posted a picture of the cake and it was phenomenal. So then uh, she added me on her Instagram and all this kind of stuff. So I see all this stuff she posts. And then she'll start randomly sending people in the group these co- I haven't gotten any yet, but supposedly I'm going to get some soon. These cookies. And, like, she'll make them of, uh, of like, different wrestlers and stuff. Like, she, today she just posted some of, of AJ Styles and Shinsuke Nakamura as cookies. This is just and, on her group or does she have an Instagram? No, she has an Instagram. I'm looking for it now. Oh, Let me nice. find it right now. Uh, but but yeah, she did uh, the 25th anniversary cake for them? Yeah. Dude, that's it's, freaking sweet. She was a part of I can't remember if she actually designed it all, and she did it because she works for a bakery. She's like the head, uh, what what do you call the, the head person? Is it still a chef at a bakery? The head baker? Yeah, I guess. She's like the lead of one of those, uh, and they do all this kind of, kind of things. I'm going to send you this picture. Oh, heck of, yeah. And I, I'm going to ask her first before I plug, because I don't know if this is like her right. personal account or right. her... Uh, you know, I don't want to send something public, and she doesn't want it public. But I want to send you this picture. Uh, Speaking yeah. of sending pictures, welcome to Harley Kayfabe. Back <laughs> for another week of wrestling talk. Johnny Townsend here with Chris Chavez. Uh, yeah, dude, we were talking about 25th anniversary of Raw was earlier this year, and uh, we're gonna end up talking about some Raw later on as well. 25 best moments, I suppose you could say. Um, yeah, according to. Uh, yeah, according to that site. But also, I think it'd be Yahoo. fun if we, if they, if, yeah, according to Yahoo, and if they leave something out, we feel should be there. We can, we can mention it. Oh, dude, look at those gingerbread cookies. Those are amazing. amazing. Yeah, she did the three. She's done the three faces of Foley. I've seen those. Dude, is uh, that for real? Shinsuke Nakamura liked it. Yes. Yeah. Is that Mo- yeah. who's the Mojo John John? Is that Mojo Raleigh? I think so. Good lord. That's pretty cool, dude. Those are some sweet cookies. I hope, yeah, I hope she's cool with it because that's. Uh, I think people should know about that. She could make some decent money selling those. She does. I mean, that's what she's doing professionally. Like Jeez. she makes kind of. That's what she does. But oh. yeah, uh, she also just recently got. Uh, and I can say I know I can say this because they made it public. Sci-fi, like the Sci-Fi Channel, yeah, is doing like a, a feature on her. Oh, really? Yeah. So that's freaking cool, dude. Cause she does all these uh these cakes that are really cool. It's not just wrestling stuff, but of course that's what I that's the I best part. Gravitate towards yeah, and it's cool <laughs> that she's into wrestling, so that's awesome. Oh yeah, yeah, she loves wrestling. Speaking of wrestling, uh, it's been quite just a- like we do. <laughs> quite a week uh for wrestling news. Uh, yeah, at the very end of the week weekend, there was a little Twitter announcement that went out that set the wrestling world abuzz. Everybody was talking about it. Seriously, everybody. I'm, I'm on a few different wrestling Facebook groups, uh, one of which is one for this podcast, Hardly Kayfabe. Go check it out. Join the group. Uh, but it was brought up that Stephanie McMahon is going to be returning to Raw this Monday night to deliver a historic announcement. And immediately, people were like, what could it be? Uh, it's probably women's related, right? You would assume. Um, uh, I, they've long my. This is my guess. So we're going to go ahead and guess what we think. Yeah, yeah. Here's my guess, and I think this is a pretty safe one. Uh, that she's it's either one or two things. One, she's going to like uh, uh, talk down to whoever's the top talent at the time. So Seth Rollins is going to get a talking to. Yeah. Or uh, or which this is what it actually probably is. Uh, she's going to announce some sort of all women's show at some point. That's what uh, a lot of people are thinking is that it's an all women's pay per view. 
Yeah, which I'm down for. Let's bring it on. Uh, what's your thoughts on that in terms of do you think it'd be successful? I think it would be successful. They got a lot of really good talent. I mean, there's quite a few. I mean, in the WWE and, and NXT and coming up still. Uh, and there's plenty that, that they can bring aboard like they did for that women's tournament that wasn't that long ago. Yeah. That was that was actually very good as well. I saw a lot of uh, talent there that I really liked would have liked to see again. So uh, I'm all for it. I think it would be good. I don't know uh, if they could sustain it, like keep it going, like doing an all-women's tournament every month. I don't think that's I don't think that's smart. I like a show that has a mixture of both. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think doing it every once in a while is pretty cool. So yeah, I'm, it could I'm, be a, I'm, yeah, I'm totally open for it. A complete pay-per-view where we have uh, <clears throat> matches for SmackDown brand for Raw and NXT all in one. Yeah. All the women. They should just do like a, a tournament, and whoever wins gets to decide which title shot they want. That would be sweet. I did so even s- if like a so even if like an NXT lady wins, yeah, uh, and she wants like a, the she wants to go against uh, Alexa Bliss, then she can. I did see there was more uh, more to the rumors. Apparently, uh, there was rumors that they were finally creating women's tag team belts. I heard that too. Yeah, and uh, it would be one that would be contested by all three so like there's only one set of tag team belts and either women from nxt smackdown or raw would hold it it'd literally be like the ultimate wwe women's tag team i kind of like that but what does that say about the nxt being involved because then that's almost like saying nxt is on the level of the big stage shows you know what i mean well we all know that it is i mean that's like the little secret we all know that it's uh, it's probably of the three brands, if you want to call them all different brands. Right. It's the one that the people who really love wrestling, the hardcore wrestling fans love the most, I would say would be NXT. The problem with that, though, is that it's, uh, it's used and promoted by the E that that's the development. You know what I mean? Like, that's where yeah. we bring Because it technically is. There. Exactly. It technically is. Yeah. So what does that say, though? If a tag team, you know what you're saying? You're saying that basically somebody in development can represent the company as the tag team women's championship. Well, they're already getting people, a lot of their talent now or have already been wrestling before. Yeah. And they just show up here to kind of get into the WWE style of wrestling. Get a feel for it, what it's like to do yeah. it. Because they wrestle a little different. They got different rules. Uh, you know, on the independence, you can hit somebody with the chair all you want. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. And, you know, that doesn't fly, thankfully, at the at the E. Yeah. But uh, they also, uh, I don't think they would put anybody out they didn't feel was super duper ready. I mean, they may put some people out just to see how they would handle it. True, true. It's probably so, if, if they would, uh, uh, you know, if, if it was a women's tag team that went to an NXT team, it's probably because they feel uh, this is the team that's coming up next. Like, this is who could handle it. Yeah. And I really like the idea of any certain title being uh, open to all three shows. That, oh, to me, yes. makes it more fascinating. Because think about that. They do. The NXT star wins the title, and that's that's almost their way of saying you're going to be the one coming up next, right? So yeah. the next event, they lose it to whatever brand is where they're going to go to. You know what I mean? Because they lose it to that person. That person goes on their brand the next week and promotes it, and then here comes that NXT star back into is in, introduced into the brand. Yeah, it's a good way to, to do some cross-branding with it making sense. Uh, I I kind of dig it. I'm down for it. Yeah, I would totally be down for it too. So wh- whether it's a, a complete event or uh, or just the, even the, the announcement of the belts or even both, 
Dude, I think it's just it's it's gonna be a win for wrestling. I feel like we're we're witnessing. Oh, yeah. Did I say this already? We're witnessing the renaissance of wrestling again. You know, it's like a a a, a rebirth. It it is always going in cycles. It always has. And it feels yeah, like we're, it, we're and it we're, feels like it's coming back up. Yeah, yeah we're on an up climb. Uh, I've been saying things about like the pendulum. You know what I mean? Like yeah. for a while we we were fa- it was very family friendly and it was about characters and then it started getting raw and and crazy and all of a sudden there was blood all the time uh, and then it went all the way back to being family friendly and no more blood and no more you know violence and now we're seeing the violence kind of escalate. We're seeing blood on on screen. Uh, it seems like every week now. Um, yeah, but uh, the blood is still like if it happens, it happens. They're not actively going for it anymore, which I appreciate. Yeah, because I don't think you absolutely need that all the time. Yeah, but that's true. But that it's almost like they're not they, holding back on their shots right, now. Yeah, to to, to then, kind of yeah. elicit, they're hoping to elicit the blood. You know what I'm saying? But then at the same time, uh, you know, Kevin Owens to get thrown off high things every yeah. pay per view. So what do like I know? Now, right? Oh my yeah. gosh, that was insane. Um, that poor guy. And that's why, like, when they get these new guys coming from outside, even though they come out of places like New Japan or, or Ring of Honor where it's still a lot more physical and strong style, uh, they, there's still a way in which they have to learn how to uh, um, perform, you know what I mean, on the level that, the, that WWE is expecting of them. Yeah. Um, yeah, because there's been plenty of times where somebody's very, very good and they just didn't work out at the E. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's happened plenty of times, whether uh, it be from just because their style is so different or, you know, they just their character didn't click, whatever it may be. Right, right. They can come from outside and uh, and yeah, they just don't make it, even though they're the biggest star elsewhere. Um, yeah. Speaking of that, did you see Jose Canseco? There's news that he signed with. There's a promotion called World Class Revolution. They've got a they've got a wrestling promotion. Uh, he signed with them apparently, and it made the to, news. To do what? Well, that's the thing. No one knows for sure yet because they're not sure <laughs> if he's signing a contract to be a wrestler or to be you know a, just a celebrity that's part of the part of this uh, promotion. But uh, yeah, Jose Canseco is uh, signing with a wrestling promotion. Now here's the thing: he went from baseball, and I don't know right. if you know this. He tried to get into MMA. And I had no idea. Yeah. He only had one match. Again. How did he do? Now, he's like 6'2", six, 6'3", six, something like that. And he had a match against a dude that was like 7-something. This guy made him look like like a little kid. And, uh, yeah, he lasted 77 seconds. All right, so it went well. So, yeah, that, I say he lasted, exactly. Uh, <laughs> and then he tried his hand at boxing, which uh, he didn't do well at either. So I'm thinking he's he's looking. So at, he's so you're saying to me he's uh, striking out. <laughs> it sounds like he's trying to figure out a place where he can notch yeah. a W on that yeah. belt. Uh, but yeah, that was some news that. But uh, take it with a grain of salt as to what they're going to do with him because I think it was like a couple of weeks ago the same promotion made headlines because they also signed uh, a woman by the name of Farah Abraham. Do you know this name? No, I do not. She is a teen mom who got famous by making porn videos. MTV's Teen Mom, you know that show? I I think I'm aware of it, yeah. isn't it? She, I don't watch it. She made a she it. made a porn porn video. She signed with a porn company and made some porn videos and that's how she okay. got super famous and now she's uh, signed with this wrestling uh promotion as well. So, it'll be interesting to see what they're going to do with Jose Canseco and Farah Abraham over at World Class Revolution. 
How old is he? Do you know? <laughs> he's in his 50s, dude. I think he's like 54 That's what I thought. or 55, yeah. something like that. So that seems a little weird to me. It does if seem he's weird. Wrestling. It does yeah, seem weird, age. dude, because he, like it's not like he's been staying act completely active. You know what I mean? Not, not right, Nothing yeah. like uh, the other news I saw was Cain Velasquez. He was seen at the Performance Center, uh, the WWE Performance Center training there. Yeah. And so there's a lot of rumor that he's going to come to professional wrestling now. And we're seeing that. We're seeing a lot of guys that are coming out of the fighting world that are kind of you know, wanting to leave the world now are coming to uh, the WWE or to professional wrestling because it still affords them you know, a physical outlet for the things that they like to do. You know what I mean? But it's not yeah, where they have get, to take yeah. a complete beating uh, like they do in, in the UFC. Right, but it's still well, – I think it kind of equals out just the fact that their schedule will be so much more hectic oh, at, yeah, in the WWE. Oh, yeah, it's grueling, whereas in, yeah. in the UFC, they'll fight. They'll have a few months to train and get ready for another fight, uh, yeah. whereas here it's night after night after night of physicalities. But did you see this? It was on WWE.com. Did you see this this article or any of the videos of him tumbling and, and doing some of the work with the guys in the ring? Well, when you first brought this up to me before we started recording, my question <laughs> to you was, who is that? <laughs> so, yeah, he's a so world even, champion so, UFC fighter. So even if I did see it, I would not have known that's who it was. I don't I, I don't have anything against that. I'm just I just don't this sounds rough. I don't care about UFC. It doesn't do anything for me. Yeah. Like it's just not for me. I I don't care if other people watch it. I'm not against it or anything. I just legit don't care one way or the other about it. What do you think about like uh, the fact that there's a lot of these fighters coming to the WWE. Do you think it's going to start opening up doors when you have two UFC fighters in the ring together where they don't kind of pull their shots as much as they do when it's performance wrestling? You know what I mean? Like maybe to kind of build the drama and make it look more realistic. Vince is like, hey, this is you guys used to do this all the time. Uh, just kind of hit each other, you know, like kind of like <laughs> do it, like have an actual fight. Oh man, uh, with but it's a scripted ending still. But they're gonna be more physical. Like seriously, you'll see punches. You know that will actually leave marks. Well, certain wrestlers don't pull their punches anyway. Yeah, now, true, true. So, <laughs> so I don't know. Uh, years ago, the the young whippersnappers may not know this, but years ago, uh, the WWE tried to do a thing where it was like shoot fighting. They were having shoot fights. Yeah, I remember that. And it was terribly dumb <laughs> in my opinion yeah. i didn't i didn't like it. i thought it was stupid it was bad so and, and now we live and in this era of of uh you know like head injury studies and stuff yeah i think it's a lot tougher to do that because i mean the wwe when it comes to pro wrestling they've they've gotten a lot better when it comes to uh protecting like the head and all that kind of stuff they've they're kind of at the forefront of that yeah so I don't know if they'd be all for, hey, go out there and really punch this guy in the head. <laughs> True. You Plus, know. I think it has something to do with taxes and things. They 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 want it to be considered entertainment and not an right. actual physical sport, uh, even though there's physical physicality to their entertainment. Right. It's sports entertainment, Chris. S I don't know. Sports entertainment. Uh, sports. Last, last piece of entertainment here. Did you see San Diego Comic-Con? There was a little piece of interesting banter. Somebody asked at the WWE panel, uh, they asked AJ Styles if uh, something along the lines of the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega being signed to the WWE, uh, has it happened? Does, is it, is it going to be happening anytime soon? And AJ Styles didn't say no or not that he heard of it or anything like that. Uh, his His words were, not yet. Is that just yeah. nitpicking? Is that fans nitpicking going, oh, 
he said not yet you know what i mean or is that just like come on guys he just he said not yet in terms of like hey no it's probably not happening right now well here's the thing right uh man okay the young bucks are obviously amazing everybody under the sun knows this yes they're incredible. They're really, really good. I think they're approaching their mid thirties. If I'm thinking mm-hmm. somewhere around in there, I think I could be wrong on this. Yeah, and I don't think they plan on doing it much longer. To be honest with you, I think they have an, an out, an end plan, like an out game. Uh, right. They're yeah. very smart with what they do and the kind of uh, businessmen they are. Yeah, and per my understanding, they they've done really smart like things with their money. They haven't been just going out blowing it and all that kind of stuff. Exactly. So, they technically don't need to go to the WWE. They kind of make a really good living now, as is. Like, like one of them even bought a house from independent wrestling. Yeah. So it's not like they absolutely need to go to the WWE. However, I think for any kid growing up who gets into wrestling because they love wrestling, that's the big kahuna is the WWE. You want to at least go there once, I think, yeah. just to say that you made it. It's the dream, uh, right, to headline WrestleMania yeah. or be yeah. at WrestleMania. Right, yeah, 100%. And uh, and also, it just pays the best. I mean, it's just going to pay the best. And these guys have families. So I I would love to see them in the age to see what they could do. However, here's my guess of what would happen if this ever happens. It will split people in two. As in, some people will say, yay, they're finally here. And other people will be like, why did they go there? It's kind of like that whole, uh, <laughs> I love this out. band before they were big yeah, kind of thing. Sell yeah. out. Yes. You sell out. We hate yeah. you. Yes. And then I hope they just super kick every person that says that. <laughs> Personally. It's so stupid. Oh, God, that'd be great. Uh, if you actually like these people, uh, you want them to make a living from this. So, uh, yeah, please sell out. <laughs> so you saw that uh, New Japan and Ring of Honor teamed up. They're going to have yeah. a, an event on the night of NXT TakeOver at right. Madison Square Garden. Uh, yeah, that's a big shot. So... I was thinking it'd be kind of cool if they kind of worked it out with the E and had crossovers. Like some of the guys show, you know what I'm saying? And they show up at SummerSlam, do some yeah, craziness, like a, like a like the indie boys came over to invade WWE and build that up to WrestleMania, like this huge monstrosity of a, a wrestling event where it's like New Japan, Ring of Honor, and WWE all in one Super WrestleMania Bowl. Yeah, but G1. here's the thing. Here's the thing, though. Uh, Madison Square Garden's the key to this. Yeah, uh, that's a big, big uh, arena for WWE. That's like one of their holy grails for them. Yep. So, and for them to help hold this on the same night as NXT is sort of a uh, like that's that's them going big as they should. I don't blame them for doing that's it. That's their DX move. Yeah. Yes. Yes. That's their DX on a tank. Suck it. Yeah. Yeah. The invasion. <laughs> yeah. That's their DX on a tank uh, going next door. So I. So I'm not blaming them for it, but part of me thinks that uh, some at the E are a little miffed about it. Oh, I'm 100 percent sure yeah. of that, dude. Because NXT takeovers are always good shows, and to have that other show at the same night is going to divide the same crowd that would be oh, watching yeah. NXT for sure. So, for sure. And I'll tell you what, right now. It's good. It's good for wrestling. The competition oh, is stepping yeah. up. It's going to make the E 
you know, their production is going to have to step up. The, the, the storylines are going to have to get better. The, the, the performances are going to have to be better. Uh, and then on the other side of it, you've got, you know, guide the ring of honor and new Japan over here in America that are making waves. And it's, it's one of these things yeah. where now that they do have spotlights show, you know, shining on them because they're making waves and making these statements, uh, they have to make sure they're staying on top of their game. So, as fans, we're going to benefit from it, but I think that's why we see this new renaissance in wrestling, this new golden age, if you will. You know what I mean? Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, that's just how it's going to go. Is uh, if when you have competition, you have to step up. I mean, that's just how it is. I mean, that's why the the Monday Night Wars were such a huge thing because yep. each company was trying to outdo the other. Uh, so that this is nothing but good for the wrestling fan. Yep. A hundred percent. They need this competition. They haven't really had legit competition in a while. And this is probably the biggest thing to come in quite some time. So I'm all for it. I would love to see both shows, but the benefit is the fact that the NXT is on the network. You can kind of just watch it whenever you want to. Right. So, but it's going to hurt them. It's going to hurt them in terms of not people not tuning in live. Like to them, that's the important thing is grabbing the attention of the fan immediately. Right, so I'm really curious what they're going to do. Uh, I already kind of know some things because I read spoilers like an oh, idiot. And we're going to get to that. We're going to get to that in a minute. Yeah, let's just but, get right so, to that. Okay, so I kind of know what's coming down the pipe, and it does have me interested. Yeah. So, but yeah, yeah. Uh, so, look, without saying what the spoiler is, Chris, yeah. what what happened, dude? I got to tell you. And somebody told me that there was a spoiler on the website. I was like, huh? And I don't know why. I thought it had to do with. Like, I don't know, the the NXT, I watched this week's NXT, and as I was watching it, I heard about this, so I was like, oh, I'll finish watching this, so it doesn't spoil it for me. Finished watching it, went to the website to see, you know, what the news is and stuff, and sure enough, I didn't read it, but the headline and a picture totally spoiled the following week, NXT, and I'm just like, well and then. it's huge. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was like, well, it's then, something big. why would you do that? I don't get it. Yeah. Like, what was on your own website? That? I don't get <laughs> on it. Your own, on your own website. What That's is, even worse to me. What is the point? I don't, I don't, I don't understand that at all. It's the same thing with uh, like DC comics recently had this, this is another, we're totally merging mer- uh, nerd worlds here, <laughs> but, but in DC comics, Batman and Catwoman were kind of going to get married. They're engaged, right? Yeah. So, so the big storyline was in this coming up issue, uh, it was going to be the wedding. But then, before the issue came out, like literally a week before, all of it was spoiled in a New York Times article that DC retweeted. So, so everybody knew what happened before it. <laughs> like, why do you do this stuff? It's crazy. And dude, this made like headlines, news, like. Uh, cage side seats headline WWE's making sure you know a big thing happened at NXT taping uh, another headline WWE spoils uh, this information I was going to say what it was but I don't want to spoil it at all it's just so right. annoying like what I don't get what's the point doing that at all I would I would have loved to seen it and not know what was going to happen but to also be fair I'm still going to watch it happen because it's such a cool thing <laughs> well of so. course of course, yeah. <laughs> if if you're a wrestling fan at all, you have a pulse. You're gonna wanna yeah. You're gonna wanna check it out. Uh, but yeah, dude, I don't know what the deal is with that. But now it makes me feel like it's not a safe zone. I can't go to the network website for fear of them spoiling something for me coming up. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. It's shooting yourself in the foot, right? <laughs> yeah, basically. So the only thing I can think of is they thought since they heard this news about this Madison uh, Madison Square Garden 
stuff that they're going to kind of uh, jump ahead of them and say, hey, look what's happening over here. <laughs> you know? I don't oh, know. God. That's just what it feels like. Interesting, dude. Interesting. Uh, so, yeah. So, next week's NXT got spoiled for me, but this week's didn't. I got to enjoy it. You said you didn't watch it, um, but let me tell you something. The women of NXT stepped up this week. Uh, it opened with a Dakota Kai Lacey, uh, Lacey Evans match, and I know how you feel about Evans, but... This match was really, really good and freaking brutal. These girls were going crazy to open up the show. Um, definitely give it a ch- watch. Make sure you give it a, you watch it, uh, Johnny, whenever you get a chance because it was a good one. And then at the end of the show, they had a triple threat match with Kyrie Sane, uh, Candice LeRae, and Nikki Cross, and that was a phenomenal match as well. All three women laid it on the line, dude. It was awesome. Yeah, in all fairness, real quick, I do not dislike Lacey Evans. I think she's really good. Just hate the finisher. <laughs> you don't like I the hate any finisher. Right. I, I just I like the name of it. You, the name was, of it is awesome. I was going to say you hate anything that's named a woman's right. <laughs> no, that's not it at all. <laughs> don't you dare put me in this corner. <laughs> no, I actually think the name is awesome. I just don't like any finisher. It's just a punch. I don't like Big Show's punch either. So. <laughs> Oh man! But so you saw like I hated it. I hated it when Big Show switched from the choke slam to the punch. Oh, Couldn't yeah. stand it. That was nonsense. The choke slam was awesome. I don't know why he, yeah. he ended that. Uh, but for this week, you did see Raw and you did see SmackDown. I got to see Raw live. I know. I wanted to hear your experiences from this. So uh, it's not the first time I've seen a WWE event live. I believe the last time I saw them live was a Raw as well, back when Val Venus was still around. Uh, but <laughs> the old Venus, yeah, before the samurai sword, pre samurai sword Venus, um, <laughs> still holding on to his Venus, and uh, yeah. So we went to this. Me and Anthony went to it, and we got it was really decent seats, man. We were in the one hundred level, which is just slight, is just barely elevated. The, you know, the you first had a really good up. view. Yeah, your view was really good. I could tell. Yeah, yeah, very nice view of it. Um, but I remembered why it was different when I saw it the last time, you know, it's kind of like when you watch an NBA game and you listen to the commentators and the color commentating and you, they're calling the shots and the plays and you hear stats and there's all this stuff that helps build the narrative with what you're watching. Yeah. Uh, And then when you go to a live game, it's exciting because there's music, there's a crowd, you can hear the squeak of the, you know, the sneakers and you can hear the players talk to each other and the coach yelling out, you know, and the whistles and you hear all that and you're, you're surrounded by it, but you don't get to hear like, like so-and-so has the ball. They're passing it to so-and-so top of the key, taking a shot. Oh no, off the rim. You know, you don't hear that. It's two different, it's two different kinds of experiences. So when you go to, you see wrestling live, the the music kicks in, the excitement's there. You're like, oh yeah. You know, it's Finn Balor's music. Oh my God. I wanted to see him come out and do his little deal. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But then, and then, and then it's that, that's it. And then they're in the ring and then you hear the ref call for the bell, the ringing of the bell. And then you, just hear the sounds of the match you hear you know the 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 banging of the of the the mat the the guys grunts and their yells and and the smacks and you're watching it but you don't hear you know michael cole saying whatever he's saying and Corey graves you know talking trash and like you don't hear it so it's kind of like one of these things where you're just like oh man like i know what the storylines are but you kind of need that to continue to help the narrative and the story as to what's happening uh, not that you can't see what's happening in the ring, but uh, without that, there's something lacking. I realized it. You know, there, there's still something lacking. It's great seeing matches live. It's exciting actually seeing them do it in person. 
but if they had a way for you to be able to hear what the commentators were saying also and not have it like blasting over, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, but it was a good time, man. Like we got to see a, a couple of dark matches before the show started. Uh, we got to see, you know, how just basically you see them set up, you see them bring out stuff. Uh, you see the guys come out to stand and get ready at the, at the broadcast table. And, um, we, like we were just watched all that stuff happen and it was a good time. It was, it was really fun, but I was telling you like overall though, the show itself, like the matches themselves were just kind of like, eh. And I had to, I told myself I have to watch it when I get home because maybe the commentating will help bring, yeah. uh, uh, but I got to say, like I watched it even with the commentating and I would say it was the weaker of the three this week raw because the stories were just kind of like, man, the performances were like, nah. I won't have to agree with you, but it's still kind of cool to have that experience. Though. Oh, yeah. It was still a great yeah. experience, except for like when you want to go, you're like, oh, maybe I'll grab a shirt. Like I've wanted to always get a shirt on tour and yeah. $35. Here's my pro tip. I want to give a pro tip. All right. So uh, my pro tip is this. All right. I think everybody should go to like at least one WWE show. Just you can. It can even be a house show. It doesn't matter. Just go to one just to see what it's like and enjoy it. But if you go to like a smaller, more independent show, yeah, it's way more fun. Oh, I to heard go to those live. Yeah, they're way more fun. I don't know what it is. They feel more intimate. I guess is the best way to put it. it, it you're just kind of you're way more there. You're way more in the moment. There's it's not near as crowded. And even when it is a little crowded, like everybody's kind of together. There, they're all just fans of this stuff. Yeah. Uh, and it's just I don't know what it is about like a local show, but just there's just some kind of energy there, even if it's a small show. I mean, I've been to shows that were like in old school gymnasiums, yeah, and and like literally there was like there was maybe sixty of us fans out in the crowd at the most, and even that was still a blast. So it's I don't know. I think of the two going to a smaller show is way more fun. So if you get a chance to do that, I highly recommend it. There's probably plenty around wherever your area is that you're listening to this. Oh, for sure. Well, at least here in Western New York, we've got Empire State Wrestling. has got an event coming up here in August that we'll be going yeah. to. We'll actually be going to to represent the show. We'll have some Harley Kayfabe t-shirts, network shows. Uh, but, uh, yeah, dude, Like so like I said, the experience was awesome, uh, but I, I, I felt like, oh, I wish we'd had, like, because it was also kind of like, Every time there's a, a, a pay-per-view event, the Monday Night Raw that follows it is always that one that you're really looking forward to. You know what I mean? And this one yeah. seemed to under-deliver. Uh, I was glad that the crowd wasn't as you know douchey as the Pittsburgh crowd with the right. chance. Like, Buffalo actually behaved themselves. There was a couple times they kept yeah. singing... Um, um, the Sweet Caroline, they were singing some of that some because that's a Buffalo song. But okay. uh, I hope you're proud of that. <laughs> no, it's, it's just a thing that they sing here uh, for the okay. bill, for the bills. But um, but other than that, they behaved. You know what I mean? They they chanted. Yeah, when I they will should say have. they. I will say as crowds. Have. Yeah, as crowds, your crowd was way better than the pay per view crowd. But in my opinion, I yeah. I also felt like they did nothing. Do you know what I mean? Like the show did not. Aside yeah. from Ronda Rousey showing up, which was really cool, actually. Uh, it felt like nothing much happened. The two triple threat matches were, we already knew what was going to happen. We already know what they're trying to force feed us with the Bobby Lashley, Roman Reigns thing. Um, I, I wasn't too impressed. I mean, like seeing it live was great, but like uh, the story they're pushing with Bobby Roode and Dolph Ziggler, um, I'm kind of not interested in it right now. You know I, I mean? think it's, it's all not... because of Rude. Uh, I know it sounds weird because yeah. I like Rude, but his character's kind of been 
floundering for it feels a while. and it feels weird for him the, the yeah. way he just it's it's like a desperation kind of thing where he's coming out to challenge you know what i'm saying yeah um so and then oh god stop with banks and bailey already dude i'm over it i can't do uh, it anymore. yes for crying out loud let bailey be a, a just, heel like you were heading toward I just it. can't just do, do it. that yes yeah, so i'm with you i can't yeah. have her talking about how much i literally got i told anthony i was like i gotta get a drink i'm gonna go get a drink you want anything he's like no he's like i think something's coming up i was like yeah i think it's uh sasha banks and bailey their whole little thing and sure enough it was and i didn't i wasn't sad that i missed any of it i didn't see it at all live i just watched it on tv um, oh yeah, it was, it was uh it was terrible. But yeah, for me it was just the the, the show was not uh was not that it wasn't a gr- it wasn't one of their strongest after a pay-per-view either. You know what I mean? No, it was not. I have to agree with you 100% on this. I was actually at the, the I was really happy at first because I saw the opening live and it was really good. I mean, it was very hot. They did a good job with that opening. Yeah, that was, I was pretty very happy cool. for you. I was really happy for you. I was like, "Man, I'm glad Chris is at the show." Yeah, have a good it was time a cool opening. Stuff. And then uh, I totally we all popped, dude. We all thought Brock Lesnar was going to be there for real. Like, finally, he's doing it here. This is insane. Nope. 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 But I still liked it. At least you got Heyman in there. Yeah. yeah. So you still had you still had some good stuff there. So I was really happy for y'all. And then, of course, I think the thing that really hurt Raw a lot was how despite the fact that both of those triple threat matches were really good. uh, They were very the outcomes were very predictable, like 100 percent predictable. Yeah, exactly. So who cares if you're just going to give us what we already know you're going to give us? Exactly. That's what I was saying. It was just kind of like the entire episode, I felt like I really didn't care. And because of it, that's even more disappointing. Like I said, the Monday night after a pay-per-view event is usually the the one that you want to look forward to because something happens. Uh, And I guess their Ronda Rousey appearance was there something happening. You know what Which I mean? was still cool, like you said. That was cool. Yeah, the Heyman thing and the yeah. Rousey thing, I think, were probably the two things that they really pushed uh, in terms of... Because, like I said, the other stuff was all just kind of like, meh. Yeah. Uh, well, the other inside information is that Heyman's on the writing team for Raw now. Yeah, that's going to be good because I, I it's, yeah. they need something. They need a burst of something new because it's, yeah. it's been floundering for a little bit. Now, on the complete opposite of that, dude, I wish we had been to a SmackDown live show this week because yes, SmackDown was pretty great. Yeah, Lee crap. How about just to even start AJ Styles and Cien Almas? Like yes. really, really? I didn't think about this match, so when I saw it, I was like, "Huh, this should be interesting." And it did. It didn't fail to deliver. This looks like this could be a good like future feud. That's what I was thinking too. I like that we got this match now, but also. And very after almost has been built up a little bit more, let them have another match and start a yeah. little feud. I think that'd be awesome. Yes, exactly. Don't don't go after Styles again too fast because then it's just going to look too pushed, and you look right. like you're using Styles to try to help him, you know, get that push. But yeah, yeah, have this, have it where you you look like you you had a chance at taking it from the champion. Like he put up quite a performance. Uh, you know, and it was cool when I was watching it. Aaron was watching it with me, and I was actually talking her through it, just telling her how they're telling a story in the ring. Like this is happening right now. The good guy's got the upper hand, and then all of a sudden he's down, and the the bad guy, like he's taking him down. And no matter how valiantly the good guy tries to fight back, the bad guy comes ahead. You know what I'm saying? And like, yeah. But when you're watching it unfold in those in that respect, it was like they did a great job doing it. Hold off now. Yeah. Like, leave that as a little seed. Remember when they had their first match and this yeah. is how much he really showed he could beat AJ? Now he's even better after going through the, all these people, and now he faces AJ again. You know what I mean? Yeah, I like that a lot, a lot. 
So, so it was a good But I'm a big match. fan. I'm a big fan of Almas and uh, Vega anyway. So yeah, uh, I can't wait to see what they do. He really grew on me. I tell you what, when he was first in NXT, I was very kind of eh on him. Yeah. Or, or as you like to say, meh. I was really <laughs> meh on, on Almas. But I'll tell you what, he's really started having some really good matches with just about anybody. Oh, heck yeah, dude. He's starting to, he's, he's coming into his own. And boy, Vega's yeah. just, she's. For me, she's perfection. Oh, she is yeah, the perfect yes. manager heel. Like yep. she's just great, a hundred percent. And anytime they both do that, uh, where they're like they're laying, he's on the middle ring in the middle of the ropes, and she's under him doing the same pose. Yeah, uh, love that image. Perfect image. Did you know how so, there's yeah. like uh, there's wrestlers that you always think to yourself, I'd like to meet them, like at at at, at meet and greets or something. I'd love to get yeah. a, a picture with it. Selena Vega for real, for uh, real. 100%. I would love. To. I'm with you. She's yeah. so awesome. Uh, yeah. One of you, one of my favorite moments of this night was, I'm sure your favorite, the Miz holding a uh, yes a memorial for Team Hell No. I this again proves my thing of that the Miz is by far the best talker right uh, now in the uh, E. Yeah, he knows exactly how to play a crowd 100. percent I think he gives, and I know this sounds crazy. I'm talking about right now, not overall career, but right now, he gives Paul Heyman a run for his money, dude. I think so too. Seriously. They're, they're both they're both very very good at what they do. Yeah. Like I think Heyman is still also. I would put Heyman and Miz one and two, and Easy. not going to interchange them all the time. Easy. Yep. That's how it's how good they both are. But I think that Miz he's gotten so good that even people who hated him before <laughs> now kind of admit, yeah, you know what, this guy is he is yeah. really good. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But it was quite the uh, memorial he had. And I liked what happened was that we actually finally get this culmination of these, you know, these near misses that we've been having recently. These two ships yes. passing in the night. But not a lot. It's just a little bit. Yeah. That, which is perfect. You don't want the whole thing. That was perfect. No, but yeah, and, it's been. Yeah, building. And the rumor is, yeah, and the rumor is they're going to have a match at SummerSlam, which I'm totally cool with. But let them really build this thing up. Yeah. And, and when they get to SummerSlam, unlike this past pay-per-view, you give those two some time. Yeah. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Dude, tell me how good that's going to be. But it was pretty good, man. We saw we saw uh, Daniel Bryant lose his cool on a bunch of quote-unquote referees. Yeah. <laughs> Gave one a knee to the head. Yes, yes. Oh no, those were legit refs, Chris. What are you talking about? <laughs> I, was, uh, I was explaining to Aaron how uh, – a lot of times what will happen is when, when the E goes around on these tours and they do their live shows from different cities, whenever you see these technicians, quote unquote, or, or, uh, or ring, you know, ringside people or, or refs yeah. that come out to interfere or do something and they end up being, you know, taking these bumps. It's a lot of times it's the local wrestlers from the area, the city that yeah, they're visiting. Yes. Uh, yeah, even our buddy Matt, who was on a previous mess uh, yeah. episode got to do that. So yeah. Uh, they do that a lot, and I think that's really cool too. It is so, pretty cool, and it gives them I mean, a that's chance how, to, uh, to be on TV, you know. And that's how Ellsworth, Ellsworth, El, El, that's how <laughs> Ellsworth got started, or Ellsworth, however you want to pronounce his name. I mean, that's how he got in there. Oh, really? I didn't know that. That's cool. Yeah, he was a. Uh, they were bringing in all these guys at that local place. I forgot where they were at when he first when he first went against Braun Strowman and got those hands. Uh, <laughs> but like, uh, they they went around. They're asking, "Well, who here can talk?" And then. I was like, well, I don't mind saying stuff. And they thought they had, he had a really unique look, which he does. <laughs> right. And so he got that spot to get beat up, and uh, a legend was made. Yeah, and he, he grew <laughs> to be the fans' number one loved, hated uh, character. They hate yeah, to I will, love, they love to hate this guy. 
I always will love him, and yeah. I'm, I'm not ashamed of this. <laughs> um, but on SmackDown, <laughs> dude, I gotta tell you, on this <laughs> SmackDown, uh, no real lie. quick. Oh yeah, what's up? Real quick, since I'm talking about Ellsworth or Esworth, as I said before, uh, my favorite thing that he does is that really slow, stupid, terrible wink. <laughs> Oh God! It's so, it's so creepy, over, dude. It's so over the top and dumb and terrible <laughs> that I freaking love it. He's such an idiot, dude. Yeah. Oh man. Uh, but yeah, dude. This week on SmackDown Live was probably one of the most intense moments in a long time for me. This the 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 match that ended the show, Shinsuke Nakamura and Jeff Hardy. First of all, I was looking forward to this because we said about how at uh, the pay per view event that it was. It felt like a squash match. Yeah, it was, it was really weird. It was so fast. It, it really felt. It was almost like we were having flashbacks to the TNA uh, Sting versus Jeff Hardy match, where you know Hardy was so wasted. Uh, you know, famously Eric Bischoff comes down to the ring to interrupt it, gets in the ring and tells him basically, "We're going to call it. You're going to take these two shots and you're done." Then he goes to yeah. Sting and tells him the same thing. I'm changing it now. I'm calling it. Do this and finish it. He's he's in no shape. And the first thing I thought when it went that fast, dude, like it was literally so fast that I didn't see it. That's not a joke. Yeah. I, I looked away as this was all going down and I missed it. So I was like, wait, what? What? Um, I thought, oh, man, I hope Jeff's not, you know, messed up on drugs or alcohol again. I hope it wasn't one of these things. You know what I mean? And especially after watching right. that WWE 24, it's like you can't blame me for thinking that. But that was my first instinct, which kind of sucks. I, yeah, I try to talk you down from it. So, <laughs> yeah, I appreciate it. I was like, I, I was like, I think he's okay. And they're just doing it storyline wise, even though I didn't yeah, like it because I wanted to see these two have a match too. They should have had a but, decent, maybe a, a little yeah. bit of a match, and then have Orton come out because I see what they were doing. And boy, yeah. did it pay off on this SmackDown. Oh yes, one hundred percent. Oh my god! So I was looking. Forward I have to one the concern. Match. I have yeah. one concern, but I'll I'll, I'll say it here in a minute. Uh, I was gonna say. Uh, Again, what, third, fourth, fifth week in a row, Hardy's face paint game is on point. I'm yeah, he's, he's he's killing it with that. Loving it, loving the brother Nero eyes he's been bringing back. It's almost like, and he keeps saying he's not himself. I really think what we're going, what we're seeing is that he keeps trying to get this title. He's not going to get it. We're going to see the eventual return of the Hardy boys as a tag team. Uh, I think so, but too. But it's going to be as broken. Woken, yeah. As Woken and Nero. Exactly. Yep. So that's what we're going to get. But uh, in the meantime, uh, Dude, he looked great, and I was finally excited to see these guys actually get a match in, which was good. Great excitement. It was it was everything we were looking for. Uh, and then when Orton gets involved, wow. So it was a brutal beatdown. Oh, yeah, that was, that was one of the more brutal ones yeah. in a while, You know right? what I'm talking like about here. I'm talking about when he put his finger into Matt oh, Hardy's yes. earlobe hole. And started, yeah, Jeff Hardy. Or Jeff Hardy's, and started pulling <laughs> on it, dude. I couldn't stand it. I had, and, I I looked away. I'm not gonna Anthony lie. Anthony <laughs> was here watching. I looked away too. And then, but we were both literally like the horror on our face. And I <laughs> thought I was gonna see it. I don't know yeah, why I here. thought this. I don't know why. <laughs> but I because I do know that sometimes these guys will go to certain lengths to sell it. Mankind will take a separated shoulder multiple concussions and a tooth through the nostril and continue to do what he's doing to sell it for the crowd. So I really thought we might see it. I thought there was a slim chance that he was going to tear his earlobe off, dude. Yeah, uh, that was that part made me squimish a little we bit. Were However, we were screaming. We were like, yeah. no, don't, no. We can't yeah. believe it, dude. 
And that DDT, though, was crazy hardcore. Oh, my God. (laughs) Do you see what I'm saying? I feel like they're going back to that hardcore, kind of more edgier stuff. I will say, this this is the first time I've cared about Randy Orton in a long time. (laughs) Right? Right? Exactly. Because now you're like... What the hell is that all about? Yeah, now I have to know. Oh, God, dude. That was good. You know, they've been kind of planting some little seeds with those two, though. Because even before all this, when when Jeff Hardy, like, came out to meet a challenge, I think, to win the U.S. title. Yeah, he went right by Orton. Yeah, so they're kind of planting these little seeds left and right, which I really like. Yeah. That's long-term storytelling, which really works out well. Which is why I'm telling you, right. if they do the, the, the uh, AJ Styles and Almas thing where it was it was planted at this first match, that there was this kind of, like, he can actually go toe-to-toe with a champion. Yeah. You know, yes, when they come like. back to it later, it's, it's one of those things where there's a payoff. It's the Marvel theory, bro. Spend 10 years, the payoff is great. Try to rush it, yes. you're ending up with the DC Universe. That's right, duty. <laughs> so uh, for me, I think it's obvious, dude. SmackDown took this one easily. Yeah. This week went away easily with for me. Yeah, easily for oh, me as well, dude. It was great. Um, let me think. SmackDown started how many years after Raw? Just a couple of years, right? No, Raw been around for a while before SmackDown. Was it? Was it like Smack- five yeah. years? Yeah, it's, it's five or six years. I feel. Wow. I mean, I can look this up instead of being an idiot. So we got some time before we see a twenty-five year anniversary of SmackDown Live. Uh, I'm looking it up, and now. I'll tell you what, man. Some of the stuff that we're witnessing now will definitely make it on those those shows. You know what I mean? 1999. There you go. There you go. Dude, I don't know, man. Uh, SmackDown was pretty intense this week. Normally, Raw used to be their their flagship show. It used to be like Raw was the show to go to. Uh, seven years. Uh, they're seven years apart. Yeah, so we got seven more years before SmackDown Live gets twenty five year anniversary. Uh, this yeah. year was twenty five year anniversary for Monday Night Raw, and we decided for this episode we were going to check out this Yahoo list that uh, was online of the top twenty five moments of Raw in their twenty five years of being right. on the we're air. Gonna kinda, y- yeah, we're going to kind of run through these. We don't want to spend a lot of time on this because yeah, no. we're already running long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so let's go. You ready to get started? Let's, let's go do it. get started. Throw it we down. can take turns reading these. I can go first. Yep. I remember this moment. Uh, this is like this is the moment that made X Pac. Yep. It's the one, two, three kid pins Razor Ramon. This was a big deal. It was a big deal because this this time it felt like the jobber won, and you're like, wait, what? Yeah. What? Yeah. Going into this, by far, Razor Ramon or AKA Scott Hall. Was the was the big kahuna in this match by far? It wasn't even close. You would think this was a squash match with with these two, but one two three kid pulls it off, and it, it was a really shocking moment. So uh, this definitely deserves to me to be in this top twenty five. Now I'm just trying to think. I'm not sure. Was he a part of the click at the time in the back? Is that why they wanted to push him over now? Is because he was part of the click or not just yet? Uh, I don't. I don't know. Honestly, I feel to. like at some point Scott Hall actually suggested that he that he win that Xbox win. So maybe he was. That's pretty sweet because I, I was thinking uh, we're going to be feed uh, starting next week. We're going to start a series called the Hardly Kayfabe Wrestlepedia, and we're going to be tackling factions and Degeneration Excellence is definitely one of them. Um, oh yeah. So it'd be kind of cool to figure hear how this came about because, like you said, he was a mullet wearing jobber. Like this kid was a joke. And then all of a sudden he beats Razor Ramon and everyone was like, wait, what? Yeah, for sure. Uh, next moment here, 24, Mark Henry's fake retirement. I don't remember this one. I don't think I was watching Raw. Oh, time. man. Uh, man, you need to find this. But I heard it was great. There's this like he like breaks down in the middle of the ring. 
I'm telling you this. This was the moment that made me become a Mark Henry fan. Really? Yes. I, I didn't really care about him one way or the other before this. <laughs> but this, like, it, how good he is on the mic here, too. I mean, this is by far one of the, his best mic moments to me. This was incredible. Really? Uh, I really, really recommend you checking this one out. Oh, I'm going to have to look it up after this episode. It belongs on this list of the top 25, then. Yes, yes. In my opinion, it definitely does. Nice. What's number 23? Bubba Ray Dudley power bombs Mae Young off the stage. <laughs> oh, that is just <laughs> yeah. horrible, dude. Horrible. So, of course, this is during the Attitude Era, yeah. as we all yep. would assume. Yeah, I remember this 100%. I remember when this happened, and this is when I was uh, like really young. This is when I was a teenager. So I should have loved this. But even then, my little teenager eyes were like, this, this is wrong. <laughs> This lady's like in her 80s. Why are you doing this? <laughs> oh, God. You got to love Bubba Ray, man. Jeez. Yes. <laughs> Number 22, The Undertaker crucifies Stone Cold. Do you remember that one? I remember that. It was quite, do, a, yeah. quite an image to see Stone Cold crucified to the Taker symbol. Uh, one of the, And that was when he was like the like the evil. It was so evil, the, the, the dead man. Yeah, very much so. I mean, there's been a couple of times in wrestling history where a wrestler was quote unquote crucified. Yeah, uh, famously in ECW, uh, they had Kurt Angle there before Kurt Angle had signed with the WWE, and they did this angle where one of the wrestlers was crucified, and and Kurt Angle looked at them and said, "I don't, don't, I don't even want my name applied to this show," and he left. And then they forever named it the Angle Angle. Yeah, uh, <laughs> <what>? Angle Squared. <laughs> What's number twenty one? Shawn Michaels versus Montreal. Oh, Who's your daddy, man. Montreal? That's amazing. That's a great opening line. <laughs> this, of course, is after the famous screw job incident that oh. everybody knows. If you're into wrestling at all, you know this the infamous screw job that happened. Oh, yeah. That'll feature on WrestlePedia as well. Oh, yeah, for sure. 100%. So what's number 20? Uh, number 20 is John Cena drafted to Raw. I did not see this. I let, I actually stepped away from wrestling literally probably weeks before the, the, the debut of John Cena. Uh, and then I came back while he was already this monstrous superstar. Um, so I did not see this. Well, so what's the deal with with drafting him into Raw? Was this when it was SmackDown and Raw went? They had split before they re you know got together again and split again. Yeah, if I'm thinking right, this is right when Cena was starting to get huge. Uh-huh. This is like this is rapper Cena, if I'm thinking correctly. Oh yeah, yeah. Street, so uh, Street Cena. Yes. <laughs> And so for the fact that uh, he was drafted to Raw was a huge deal because he was an all-Smackdown guy until then. Nice. So I definitely remember this. So number 19, China yeah. wins the corporate Rumble. I remember this, dude. I remember when China yeah. won the, the the Royal Rumble. Yeah, was that all really cool, though, that she was even in it? It was awesome. Yeah, it was very cool. Talk about opening yep. doors and, and blazing trails, dude. China deserves the, the, the recognition, man. They need to get over themselves and rec- recognize what she did for – the sport and for women in the sport. It was amazing. Yeah, I'm trying to remember who said it. I can't remember. It was, a, it was a Ron Funches. He's a really funny comedian, but he said, who really loves wrestling, mm-hmm. and his tweet when Hulk Hogan was reinstated recently, he said, I'm cool with Hulk Hogan being reinstated, but if y'all don't let China into the Hall of Fame, then y'all are messed up. <laughs> nice. I was like, yeah, I agree with that. So uh, right, 18. So yeah, 18. Eric Bischoff named Raw General Manager. Uh, and of course, that's a big deal because uh we as as mentioned earlier the wwe and wcw had been at war for monday night ratings for the longest of times 
Uh, and Bischoff was the owner or, or the president of WCW at the time. So uh, when this whole thing happens and then it's, it becomes this takeover thing and here comes Eric Bischoff, like just just this, just seeing him as part of WWE almost si- seemed sacrilegious. You know what I mean? It was a really shocking moment. I remember this one, too. I was watching this live when it happened. Yeah. And they and they even hug each other, Hell which is even more shocking. Over that night, dude. <laughs> yeah. With a hug. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy, dude. All right. All right, number seventeen. The Nexus destroys Raw. I remember this as well. The Nexus. Yeah. Do you remember the Nexus? I don't, I don't know if you were not watching. Not so them. much, dude. They were a really good faction. It had uh, Wade Barrett. He was the lead in it. Uh, he's he's long since been gone from the E. He left. Heath Slater was in it. This is when all these guys were getting started. Heath Slater. Um. Who else was in this? Uh, Bray Wyatt before he was Bray Wyatt was in this. Oh wow, yeah, I didn't know. I've never heard of him. Yeah, and and they would go around as a group and just take everybody out. They're their own faction, basically. That's kind of like a thing. If you don't, if you're not looking to be the star, the one face of the company, uh, your next step is to create a group or faction that becomes well known, like the WW or the NWO or Four Horsemen or right. DX yeah. or the Nexus, if you will, or Nexus or yeah. Main Street Number Posse. Sixteen. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, dude, do you remember this Stone Cold yes, Brian do. Pillman feud that was insane? And the Flying Brian Pillman of the 80s was no longer the Flying Brian, you know, happy Flying Brian in the 90s. He was like the loose cannon. Like he was crazy. Uh, and it went so crazy that there was this one scene where they the that Stone Cold broke into his house uh, and Pillman pulls out a nine millimeter handgun shoot, threatening to shoot Stone Cold on TV. Yeah. Then, of course, the screen goes black and you hear gunshots. Because <laughs> why not? It was crazy, dude. Yeah. So yeah. crazy. Oh, I think we man. got a lot of flack for that, too, if I'm thinking right. Oh, my uh, God. Oh, yeah. They got all kinds of heat for that. It was not good at all. Uh, but, yeah, dude, no. that was like one of those things where you could see they were just pushing the edge. It was no no longer about family-friendly programming. Right, right. So number, fif- so, number 15, The Shield implodes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, of course, this is when Seth Rollins turns his back on his two buddies here with a chair. Yep, smacks them both with the chair. I think we all remember that. Good times. Uh, This one, I do not remember this one. The Festival of Friendship, Kevin Owens Uh, attacking Chris Chris Jericho. (laughs) Chris, you got to watch this. (laughs) This Festival of Friendship is amazing. It was so good that it got its own action figure set. That's how good this is. Yeah, I didn't see this. Yeah. It's amazing. I don't want to spoil anything for you if you haven't seen it. Oh, what was this? But, couple years, last year, right? At the yeah, beginning of last year. Ago. Yeah, I missed it. But the whole thing was that KO and Chris Jericho were really good friends. Yeah, best friends, I remember that. some may say. And then this is the this is the ending of all that. So the I list. cannot recommend this enough. Yes, oh, the whole God, list thing. The list is and that so plays, amazing. Yeah, and that's an and that's an important part of this thing too. So yeah. I cannot recommend enough for you to go watch this. Oh, I'm gonna have to look this this spot up then. I'll see which which night it was. February thirteenth, two thousand seventeen. Yep. All right. So number thirteen, Daniel Bryan breaks free from the Wyatt family. Of course, the whole storyline here was that the they were making him be a part of the Wyatt family, though he didn't want to be that. And one of my favorite Bray Wyatt matches was against. Daniel Bryan and he does the sister Abigail into the yeah. into the wall, which is pretty amazing. Oh god! Yeah, so uh, uh, this is a really cool moment too. Nice. I think anything with Daniel Bryan, uh, you know, is is a you have to have at least one thing with Daniel Bryan on his top twenty five list. Always, right? Yeah, he's uh, he's made quite a name for himself. 
independently and in the at the E. Number twelve, DX invades WCW. We just referenced this earlier, and I remember this. I remember them on the Jeep with the cannon, uh, driving over to where WC, uh, WCW Nitro was filming, all camouflaged out. Man, it was the dude. It was always the best seeing these guys all together. It was insane. Yeah, I love when people try to retell the story and they say that those guys rode in on a tank. Yeah, they weren't. They weren't on a tank. No, it was a jeep. It was a jeep with a with a cannon yeah. on it. Yeah, yeah. So get a hold of yourself. Probably a shirt cannon, <laughs> if that too. Yeah, uh, dude, it was awesome though. I definitely remember this. And and uh, I think the network has the documentary, the Monday Night Wars, or maybe a, like a a run of videos that tells the story of the Monday yeah. Night Wars. It's like so. a series. Yeah, this is yeah. A, this is definitely one that's that's highlighted on that. Yeah, the WWE loves this one, so they, they always bring it up. Uh, number 11, the Rock Concert. I remember these. Were, <laughs> this was, was like the, toward the, the end Elvis. of his yeah. yeah, this was toward the end of his run in wrestling before he went full-time acting. He would do these where he'd have little yeah. concerts, rock concerts. And they would just pretty much do what like Elias does now, if you think about yeah, it. Yeah, you ain't nothing but a redneck. Remember that? Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I thought he was singing directly to me. Oh, that's so amazing, dude. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it just hel- all it did was help it just boost that charisma, the character, just stratosphere. Like this era, it's insane to think about how professional wrestling has has produced such like you know monumental movie stars. Oh yeah, for sure, it has. Uh, number ten, Trish and Lita's main event. This one is uh, yeah, I think everybody remembers this. Oh yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you think back to two women who really helped to elevate women's yeah. wrestling, you got to name Trish Stratus and, and Lita. I mean, yep. you just have to. One was the blonde bombshell. The other one was like the rocker chick. Uh, yeah. And, I, man, I've always been a Lita fan. I loved her. I loved her gimmick. I loved her looks, loved the tattoos, uh, loved her moves. She was just awesome, dude. I freaking loved her. Yeah, I thought both these women were just stunning. Oh, for sure. And they both could wrestle. So Heck yeah. So yeah, the main event for the women's championship in December of two thousand four uh, is the number ten moment of Monday Night Raw. So we're going into the top ten now. Number nine, Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels bury the hatchet. I remember this. I remember 100%. this as well because I just remember thinking yeah. like, because you never know. Like you kept thinking, is this real? Is it not? There was always those rumors that you know that this had been a real uh, heat between these two guys. So yeah. when this came together, you were just like, oh yeah. So they really uh, they were cool then. Yeah, I mean that's you know Bret Hart was really mad as he deserved to be. <laughs> yeah, I would <laughs> he say he was very very mad. So this was a huge deal. It was very cool. Huge, huge very deal. very cool. All right. Uh, Next, number eight, Triple H marries Stephanie McMahon for real. I remember, I remember this. All right, so of course in real life they are married. Yeah, but storyline wise, uh, did you see this? Have you seen this one? Uh, no, I never it's saw like- this episode. No, I never saw it. <laughs> All right, I'm going from memory here, so I could have some things wrong. But I think originally Stephanie was going to marry Test. I think it was the original thing. Yes, uh, that's right. Yeah, but. Uh, Triple H apparently had in the storyline had drugged her or something or made her pass out somehow, alcohol and She's drove her and drove her to Las Vegas where they went through a drive through wedding. And so that's how they were married. That's so amazing. <laughs> so she's at her wedding here, of course, on Raw, and Triple H interrupts and saying, oh, and I think he calls uh, Vince McMahon daddy, too, which is really <laughs> funny. Uh, but yeah, so this was kind of uh, in today's 
today's era, this is probably a pretty bad oh, taste. Oh, God, right? That, it just wouldn't but, fly, yeah. dude. It wouldn't fly at all. No, it wouldn't. Uh, but it did. It ends up leading, like, their on-screen romance leads to them actually developing a real-life romance, and they end up getting married. And now, like, think about it. He's basically mm-hmm. next in line to run the company. As great as They're Shane a power is, yeah. you know, it's it's Triple H that's, that's in line to run the actual place. Yeah, they're a power couple for sure. Uh, number seventeen, Brock Lesnar returns to W to Monday Night Raw on in yeah. 2012. Mm. Um, the one thing I noticed on here was that I didn't, I didn't see, I didn't see this. Uh, but I guess he says the American Airlines Arena comes unglued. Michael Cole gets a lot of stick for his commentary, but that line uh, couldn't have been more on point. So, like, I guess the place lost their shit. Yeah, I mean, it was a big deal then. Uh, you know, talking about Lesnar now is kind of a man. I was going to see. I was, it's yeah. a big deal if he shows up on Raw now. <laughs> yes. So yes. the place probably still pop yes. the same way. Yeah. Uh, if he actually does anything, it's pretty awesome. Number six, I remember. Austin versus Tyson. Yeah, this is humongous. This was great back uh, then, dude. This makes me very curious what the top five are if it's a six. <laughs> Because, uh, I mean, Tyson obviously was a humongous deal then, as he still kind of is now. Yeah. But especially back then, he was way over and this kind of started him showing up a few times with the WWE. Yeah, and he was known as as being just absolutely crazy. So in the ring you were just kind of like you didn't know what you were getting and yeah. going up against uh who was what was seen as like a loose cannon in WWE, the crazy guy Stone Cold Steve Austin stomping his head, you know, or his his feet and shaking his head. Uh yeah. it was awesome. Drinking though, beer. Dude. That was just yeah. that was a good one. Uh, yep. Chris Jericho debuts on Monday Night Raw. I remember this one. I do too. I rem- this was huge. Yeah. He debuted against The Rock. Yeah, The Rock was talking exactly. Oh, but he kept having a countdown every week before he showed yep. up, which was really cool. And it kept saying Y two J, Y two J. Everybody's yeah. like, what, what, what? Oh man, it was because it was we were approaching the year two thousand at the time, so that was the thing, the Y two K bug. Remember that? The, the yeah, whole, oh yeah, the whole thing that all the computers were shut down once we uh, switched over to the year two thousand. It was a legit fear that we all had. Yeah, and that was a thing that he played on, <laughs> yeah. that whole countdown and Y2J. And then, dude, when he showed up, everybody was like, what? What? Oh, my God. And then uh, that, that was it. Raw's Jericho was born. Yes, yes. Oh. And we were all better for yes, it. Yes, sir. Uh, number four, beer <laughs> bath <laughs> slash milk truck. This so these are two different instances. But they're so great. Yeah, but they're both iconic. Yes. So, of course, you got the beer bath where Stone Cold... Uh, covers, uh, I think it's, who all was in there? I know Vince was in there, his son was in there, yeah. and a whole, I think a bunch of others are in there, and he just covers them with beer. Yep. And then, of course, you fast forward, and then it's, <laughs> it's my, this. I love this one more than the beer one, personally, because I think it's funnier. But Kurt Angle comes to the ring in, a, in a, of course, a milk truck, and <laughs> and uh, uh, pours milk all over everybody. <laughs> yeah. <You know? laughs> so it's pretty amazing. Oh, that's so amazing. <laughs> Uh, I remember this one too. March of two thousand one, March twenty sixth. Shane McMahon reveals he bought the WCW. Do you remember that? Yes. And I was watching WCW when this happened. I watched it from their feed, and it was beyond fascinating. <laughs> yeah. See, I didn't see the the other feed. I saw it when he announces yeah. it, and it's uh the, the split screen satellite call. Oh, dude, that's just so awesome. Uh, but this yeah, they actually they actually did the reveal very well because. Uh, the reveal itself happened at the same time for both channels. Yeah. But like leading up to that, they were really playing it up very well. Like, you know, is somebody going to show up? Then Shane shows up there. Yep. And, and the crowd just kind of had a hush moment there. Yeah. And he, and at first he talks about that a McMahon purchased it. The name is on the contract. So everyone's just assuming 
oh, wow, Vince got it, and now WWE owns it. And then he th- throws out, it's Shane McMahon. Yeah. Oh, so good. Yeah, uh, yeah. So number two. Oh, this is so uh, classic. Yeah, this is a big moment. CM Punk's pipe bomb. Yes. Uh, one of the better, one of the top five or ten promos in wrestling in WWE, I would think. It's got to be up there. Uh, just full of real moments. I mean, he even mentions <laughs> he even mentions Colt Cabana in it, so that's a big Dude. thing because Colt Cabana had been fired. Uh-huh. Uh, it's he goes all over the place with this, but this is I've had many people tell me that CM Punk love him or hate him now. But back then, he's the reason that a lot of people got back into wrestling. Yeah, he didn't hold back, dude. He went. It's on here, uh, the quote that he said where he goes at the McMahon. I'd like to think that maybe this company will be better after Vance McMahon is dead, but the fa- which is horrible. Uh, but the yes. fact is, it's going to be taken over by his idiotic daughter and his doofus son-in-law and the rest of his stupid yes. family. And then it's, yeah. the mic gets cut off. And then he gives this yeah. look. Remember, he looks at the camera kind of like, really? Really? Yeah. Oh, dude, it was so good. And this was one of those moments where you were just like, it's fake, right? It's fake, right? Wait, it's fake, right? Like, this guy isn't <laughs> like, what's going on? Like, that's what I love about this sport. Because we know it's predetermined. We know that. But everything else is fair game. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it really is. It always has been. So that has been what has always held on. And, and, and that, that slight threat of kayfabe has still been relevant because there's always that moment of like, but what if? You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. 100%. 100%. Uh, the, so. the number one uh, memory for uh, the 25 moments of Raw history, I have to agree, was the moment that Mick Foley won his first WWE championship. This moment made me crazy happy. Dude. Of course, I've made no secret that Mick Foley is one of my all-time favorites ever. Uh, so this was a big deal for uh, for Teenage Johnny for this. It's and it's a big deal for me now. Going back and watching it now, I was watching the W the famous now WCW feed when they gave this news away. Yeah, that you know where they were giving away that because this was before this this raw was actually taped, so they already had the results. Yeah, yeah. and Tony Schiavone uh, says, "Spoiler alert!" <laughs> yeah, Tony Schiavone says, "Well, Mick Foley is going to win the championship over there. That'll put butts in the seats." Yeah. That's his famous line that he was told to say, by the way. So don't hold that against Shivani. It's amazing, though. Yeah, but he said <laughs> Shivani said years later he still gets people saying that to him, and he hates it because because he actually really likes Foley. He's, he loves Foley, and he didn't want to say it, but he was kind of told he had to, and it was his job. <laughs> and here's the thing: so he not only does he say it, like he he lets your, the the people watching. His quote was, "If you're even thinking of changing the channel to our competition fans, do not." We understand that Mick Foley, who wrestled here at one time as Cactus Jack, is going to win their world title. Ugh, that'll put butts in the seats. Yeah. And then it says that in that moment. Then it did. In that yes. moment, an estimated 600,000 people switched from Nitro to Raw to witness Mrs. Foley's baby boy capture his first world title. Yep. Dude, two years later, WCW dies. <laughs> yep. Oh, God, mankind. That's widely considered uh, to be one of the turning points in, in the war. Uh, so. That's so amazing, dude. That's so freaking amazing. But, yeah, I agree. Number one moment. I remember when that happened. Yeah, 100%. Such same here. So. Man, that's one of Fitting the best things. One. I love it. I absolutely love uh, wrestling just for that. You know what I mean? Yeah, same here. Oh, I so mean, good. how can you? How can you not have a smile on your face? How can you, know? you not? 
so there you go. There's your top 25 moments of WWE Monday Night Raw, uh, the 25th anniversary this year. Um, that's it for me, though. I got nothing else. Do you have anything you want to share, any tweet of the week or any indie wrestlers to look out for? I got this one thing I do want to share. I kind of mentioned before in the opening, I don't know how much it's going to be on the show, but talking about um, my friend who uh, makes the cakes and stuff yeah. and does the wrestling g- uh, gingerbread cookies, I actually messaged her to make sure it was okay to share. And she said, yeah, please do. So nice. Uh, go to go to Instagram and you can find her on there. And it's Marge, it's M-A-R-J dot J-P-G, and you will find her. And she has all her little creations on here. Uh, she's very, very good. The wrestling and ones, also, the wrestling gingerbread cookies are amazing. Yes, but she does cakes and all kinds of things. And also, she has an Etsy shop where she does like pins and stuff too. Oh, nice, and cool. And they're really good. And you actually go on her Instagram and you'll find a link there. But it's againstmarge.etsy.com if you want to go check those out. I highly recommend it. She's very, very talented. Sweet. I also recommend checking out Johnny's Instagram, johnnyism28. Uh, you, my friend, are an amazing artist. And if you're a fan of wrestling check out the set of wrestling cards uh old trading cards he's done he, he basically sketches them in his his style of artwork uh, but makes it look like they're old school wrestling cards and he takes commissions i've already commissioned basically almost all the wrestling cards you see are ones that i've commissioned I, yeah, there's some other ones that other people have commissioned you for but uh, I, I put you to work on, on creating the, the old school legends and the Attitude Era guys and even the, the modern guys. So there's more coming my way. But check it out if you're interested in that. Get yourself some sketch cards from Johnny. Uh, also, make sure you check out the network page, BICBP-radio.com. Find our, uh, our podcast there as well as other podcasts on our network. Uh, check them out. Make sure you follow and rate on iTunes. Yeah, uh, that's all I had. Cool, cool. So I guess that's all for us here at Hardly Kayfabe. We'll see you guys next week. Count us out. One, two, three. We're done. <laughs>